And now, your host for Behind the Mic, please welcome Alex Stop. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the final episode of the Behind the Mic podcast. So happy to have you with us. Facebook, BTM Podcast Alex, Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, uh, three platforms among others for sure. Um, do want to make sure you, that it's noted that even though we are wrapping up with today's episode, all episodes will remain archived for you to go back and listen at your leisure um, and look back maybe on some of your favorite episodes if you're a frequent listener, or maybe if you're new, you still have all um, 30 plus episodes to look back on and pull from it what you will. My guest today was an easy pick um, to wrap up the Behind the Mic podcast. You'll recognize him as the first ever guest of the Behind the Mic podcast way back in season one, episode one, nearly half a year ago. In fact, just over half a year ago, exactly six months. Brett Myers. Brett, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Honored to be both the first and the last guest of the Behind the Mic podcast. So thank you, Alex, for, for doing this podcast. It's been an interesting look at uh, what we do as PA announcers, and, and I'm ready to close this out how we opened it very strong. I, I hope that ends up being the case and we don't lose subscribers off. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's um, start with that. And I feel like the sports landscape ever since we talked back in June for the first episode um, has changed. I mean, it went from next to nothing, if anything happening, to things starting to slowly but surely creep back in. Um, I know we're both kind of stuck right now, but your thoughts on just kind of how the landscape of sports has changed. I know it's kind of a loaded question considering how much time has passed, but just how, how things have changed since we last talked. Well, yeah, it is kind of a loaded question, but it has everything to do with how this year has gone. And when we started this, nothing was going on. Um, and as we went along, I mean, I got, pretty much a month and a half of baseball in personally and then now i'm back to nothing again and i've been seeing other um colleagues of ours getting back to things you know at various levels and so it's been interesting to see you know who's doing what how is that different what kind of different setups are they using what kind of different protocols are they following you know it's been an interesting ride to see you know, how this is all going and how this is going to shape up when people like you and me who have nothing going on right now are going to get back to work. How is this going to be different for both of us as yeah. we get back to work? And, and I am already getting text messages from my SID at Rockford University about, you know, what the season's going to look like, what the schedule is going to look like, no idea of what the protocol is going to be, how everything's going to be set up because there's been nothing set in stone yet. But at some point, I know that I'm going to be going back to this. It's going to be a whole different look. And, you know, when I watch games on TV now, I kind of look to see how everything's set up, you know, the benches and the scores table and, and just the, the different kind of things that are going on. And it, it's a whole new world for us right now. And it's going to be that way for quite a while. So I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself for when I actually get back to work. 
Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point there, and I, I feel like that's something that um, you can, you and I can both attest to, that as big of a bummer as it might be to not have anything to work right now, we're at least able to kind of pull from these other events, these other leagues that our colleagues or maybe even people that aren't our colleagues have started to um, revamp uh, their, I guess, operation from a complete shutdown and so it's it's not as much of a baptism by fire. We kind of have a general idea of what to expect whenever any of our respective teams do start back up. Yeah, and I think the biggest adjustment for for me, and I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I know the biggest adjustment for me is will be either working games where no fans are allowed or working games where attendance is very limited. Sure, I've worked games before where maybe 20 people have been in the stands. You know, I've, I've, I've had experience with that. But if you're looking out there and you're seeing nobody out there, uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to approach it like I would any other game, but it's just going to be weird not having that particular atmosphere. And that's the thing that I've been noticing with the games that I've been watching where no crowds are allowed, the atmosphere is a lot different or like the, the, the piping crowd noise. That's different. It just True. really doesn't sound authentic to me. And I, I get why they're doing it. Yeah. I absolutely do, but it just doesn't sound authentic to me. And it's, it, like I said, it's a, it's a whole new world that we're we're living in right now. It's going to be this way for a while until we get this all sorted out, whenever that may be. And even then, just nothing's set in stone. Everything's always kind of in a state of of flux. Yeah. And really, at this point, it's it's kind of become hurry up and wait mode. Yeah. To where okay, so there's a potential that we may start up again and this is how the seasons are going to look but with everything happening you know i don't put my hopes up very much that i'm going to be either calling games at all much less in front of everybody in front of people yeah and that that's um something that i wanted to talk about was i i won't say you know it's up for debate from person to person as to trademarks uh, but I know you and I both definitely like to show enthusiasm over the public address, Mike. And I, I feel like kind of like they say players work off the energy of the crowd, that us announcers work off of the energy of the crowd. Um, my plan, I, I'm supposed to be announcing uh, for ICC Volleyball coming up here in a little less than a month. Um, I don't know about you. My plan is to just do my darndest to just block out the fact that there's nobody in the stands and make it as game-like as possible. Cause I, I feel like it's one of those things where it just kind of, it roll, it kind of is a double-edged sword in that I'm making it more game-like for the players and in return them may, maybe make, maybe feeling that it's more game-like kind of rep reciprocates back towards me. And I feel like that's kind of the optimal situation, but do you, are you even able to kind of, plan for this or what what what's your take on whenever that voice wh what that voice work might be like when you return at, at this point it, it's 2020 you can't plan for anything anymore yeah. really but i'm i'm gonna just do what i always do i mean maybe scale it back just a touch but 
at the same time, I'm not going to change my enthusiasm if there's nobody there. I'm still going to make it like a game day experience for sure, like I would normally. I don't think that part of the, the role has changed for any of us. And you can definitely hear that in the games that are going on right now. It does sound a lot like business as usual. It doesn't sound no. any different than it did before all of this happened. So that's the approach that I'm going to take to that. Well, do you, do you think that public address is almost to a degree anyway more important in that, I mean, you think about it, you you take the fanless or minimal fan um, atmosphere of, let's say, a basketball game um, and take the public address announcer out of it. I would think that's your last hope to keeping it game-like in terms of at the venue versus a broadcast. Broadcast, you can make it game-like pretty easily, but... Um, yeah, I think that's a big difference maker. Um, having the PA announcer there. And I, I think for those listening, I think that's one important thing to note that I feel like the public address announcer almost becomes more significant in a crowd of, well, in, of, in a venue with little to no fans. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we do serve a purpose as to informing, even if there's nobody there, it's not like nobody's listening. You have, you have the officials, you have the players, you have the coaches. They're all there. And we know for the most part that what we relay isn't necessarily official. Yeah. But at the same time, it is also supposed to be informative. First and foremost, that is what we do. And you hear the, the, the quote that I've seen so many times before, be clear, be concise, and be correct. And basically, that is essentially our job is to be all three of those things. And so we still do serve a function, you know, as well as being like the entertainment part of the entertainment arm of, of the game day experience. Yeah. So we, we do still serve a role, even if the fans aren't present to, to hear us. And I believe for a long time, you know, and this has really helped me out in my career and has changed my mindset is that nobody's there to listen to me. Nobody comes to the games to listen to me talk on a microphone and in not be necessarily obnoxious, but you know, nobody, I'm not there to put on a show. Sure. I'm there to accentuate the game day experience. I'm there to use my talents to create an atmosphere inside the stadium or the gym or the arena that I'm in. And, you know, I, that's what I get complimented on the most is that I, I think of one particular conversation in particular, you know, with, a, with a guy that I normally see out when I'm out and about, and I had no idea that, you know, he was somebody who attended basketball games, but he complimented me and, and how, you know, what I do creates the energy inside the building that I'm in, you know, it yeah. wasn't, yeah, I, I, they're not there to see me, but they acknowledge that what I do helps the game day experience so much. And I, th I think an important point to emphasize here, especially with the pandemic and not um, having much, if anything, um, to attend to public address wise um, is the mental health aspect of it. And I mean, that's something you've seen um, with student athletes. I, 
I would say anybody that has anything to do with sports on a professional level where it's part of their livelihood, maybe it is their livelihood and it's what they rely on. Um, it's a struggle to, um, I would say, even be limited. Like, even if you're one of those teams that are playing and have the limitations that you do, but especially if you're in a complete shutdown right now. Um, and I mean, like talking about it briefly for me personally, like the schedule says our first exhibition for women's basketball is supposed to be January 15th. I don't know if it's going to be January 15th. Heck, I just started doing game notes for one of our regular season games just to kind of dig up some early research on one of the teams and games canceled because the team canceled their season. Some uh, college that you know well as well. Um, and a lot of, I guess, a lot of colleges in that region are looking at that option potentially. Um, but yeah, it's it's been tough. Um, and I, I feel like that that's something kind of all of us are experiencing right now, like I said, in, in leagues or teams that are shut down at the moment. Well, and that's, I'm going to address this in two different ways. The first is when people ask me or catch up with me, because especially those who I work with at the games, whether it be coaches or players or, you know, anybody that I work with or who knows me in that capacity is a PA announcer. The one line that I keep telling them is that I don't know what to do with myself right now because I was so used to for years working a day job, whatever that was, then going to any sort of sporting event. So it's been a big adjustment for me to go to the day job and then just come home. Like I'm not rushing from one place to another. At first it was fine because, you know, I kind of needed to ease up and, and, you know, for my own mental health and, and just my own stress levels, because when you're running back and forth from place to place, it, it takes a toll on you, yeah. you know? And so it was nice for a little while to have that kind of little reprieve. But as we went along and as I had the taste of it again over the summer, when I worked the, the baseball games, it's just like, okay, now I'm back to doing nothing. What do I do with myself? Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing is that we're getting around the holiday too, which I don't know what your typical holiday schedule um, is announcing wise, but like I announced the state farm holiday classic in Bloomington normal here in Illinois. Um, and I'm usually the voice of the large school girls bracket doing eight games in one day, the day after Christmas. And it it's tough because I, I think, and not just for announcers, but for a lot of people, holiday tournament basketball is I, I think even when there are college holiday tournaments, it's some of the best basketball all year and some of the best atmospheres. Well, and, and that was the other part of how I was going to address that is that this year, and it's just going to sound completely ironic. Okay. And, and just to give a little background for, for nine years, I worked in a retail environment, which means I never got the day after Thanksgiving off of work. I never got the day after Christmas off work because those are the two biggest days of the retail season, Black Friday and getting everything returned the day after Christmas. And then when I switched 
jobs that I was doing and I started working in banking, I still did not get those days off work. This year, for the first time ever, I got both the day after Thanksgiving and the day after Christmas off of work. And I requested it so I could work Thanksgiving basketball, which didn't happen. So the one year I got the day after Thanksgiving off to work basketball, I didn't have it. It didn't get to work it. And I'm just like, that. that's 2020 in a nutshell for me. Yeah. But the other problem this presents is that, okay, say we do have a full schedule of sporting events come in the spring. We have football, we have basketball, we have volleyball, we have soccer. And I'm working these at both the high school and college levels. That's how tough. Am going, how am I going to find time for all of this when I have a day job to attend to? Cause yeah. you know, my job has been very flexible with me in my, my announcing career for the almost four years that I've worked there now, but this is going to present a challenge for me. Okay. Where do I sacrifice? What do I cut out? How do I make this all work? Because even though I love announcing, obviously my day job comes first and foremost. So how, and I, and I've already had a conversation with my boss about this. It's like, how am I, how am I going to sort this all out? If we're going to have all of these sporting events, because I can't, I, there's no possible way with when you throw everything all together in the season and my SID at the college has already asked if, you know, are you able to help with all of these sports? Because it's going to be a gigantic mess. And it's like, yes, I'd love to help you out. And I'd love to help you out in other roles other than announcing like scorekeeping or, or scoreboard or whatever, whatever it is you want me to do. You know, I would love to help out with that for sure. But the question becomes with all of this stuff happening at once, how am I going to fit it all in? Don't get me wrong. I'm missing the extra money right now. I could definitely use it, but how is it, is it really worth being all that stressed out? Yeah. And, and and I, I feel like you're bringing up a good point because talking about whether or not it is worth being stressed out. And I, I feel like a step in the right direction. And obviously the pandemic will still be here when this happens. But when when that zero at the end of the year turns to a one and we turn that calendar here in about, well, 12 days um, as of us recording this. And I, I feel like, like I said, that's a step in the right direction. The pandemic will still be here, obviously um vaccines supposedly going to be available to the general public within a couple months hopefully um I, I i feel like that's really what a lot of people need is just to change that year um on the calendar and hopefully it'll lead to maybe a newfound breed of optimism and there's not much you can do with the pandemic right now it's kind of out of our control other than the processing of the vaccine but that that change to a new year will be good for everybody I, you know, and I absolutely agree with that. I think a lot of us are anticipating, you know, the, the, the calendar changing over to the new year. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're out of the woods, but it, you know, it's kind of a fresh beginning, a fresh start. But I also think that 
2020, even as awful as it's been, it's also been a very good year in terms of re reassessing our priorities, reassessing what we find to be, you know, important. Yeah. And, and learning a lot about ourselves along the way. And I don't mean to get philosophical on a, on a podcast about announcing, but, you know, even, even then you, you take a look at the, the positive things. And I always try to bring positive, good vibes wherever I go. And just the fact that this year has allowed us to learn so much about ourselves because we've had so much time to ourselves to kind of look within and 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 kind of see okay so what what am i prioritizing you know yeah. what what am i what am i prioritizing what, what have i learned about myself where have i where have i grown where where have i gotten you know better what are the things that i can take with me out of 2020 that are are good things and you kind of just take that and you leave all the negative behind and you you, you take that momentum you take what you've learned and you take it in the new year and you try to even make 2021 better than 2020 was for you. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's tough. I would say to be motivated by like, like I had alluded to, I think that next year is going to breed some new confidence. And as we get ready to wind down here, I want to go to more of a looking back, you know, this kind of something that I was telling you about before we got going. Um, and you had alluded to um, in the first episode a favorite game of yours going back. Um, and I, I feel like whatever our favorite games may be, um, and you're welcome to repeat it and tell more about it if you'd like, or maybe there's a game you've worked since the pandemic uh, that stuck out to you that, you know, even though the opportunities to work a game have been few and far between since this stuff all started in March that you've been thankful to be a part of. Uh, and, and I will say, just to answer this question, that basically any time that I got to go to the baseball stadium in 2020 and work a game was was a good game. I don't remember too much about them. You know, there's nothing in particular that stood out to me, but I just remember sitting in my chair in the press box and being absolutely more grateful than I've ever been in my whole entire life to do what I do because I got to do it when a whole lot of people weren't able to do much of anything that they liked. So I was able to still do what I love doing and it meant more to me. It made me appreciate it more. It made me appreciate all those long three hour games, you know, sitting inside a non air conditioned press box in the middle of summer and a 90 degree day where the humidity was 710%, you know? Yeah. That, that sort of thing. It made me appreciate it so much more. And I'm going to feel that same way once I'm sitting back at the scores table inside the gym, or if I'm sitting in the press box at a football stadium, you know, doing, doing the games again, I'm going to appreciate it so much more 
because it was taken away from me for so many months. I haven't worked anything at the high school or college level since March 11th. And, you know, that date will always stick in my mind. Like it's, it's been this long to where I have not worked anything at, at Guilford or Rockford university. So when I, when I get back there, I'm going to be thankful and grateful for every opportunity that I have from here on out. I want to ask you one more question before I get into the um, closing here. This is our 32nd episode. um, And I know there's a couple episodes that you had told me that you were really interested in or that you liked the guest or what have you. Um, What ones stick out to you and what what are some of your favorite memories? If you want to be selfish and pick your own episode, that's fine with me too. But what are are some of your favorite uh, podcast episodes? Well, that, you know, having a guy like Tim Sinclair on the podcast is a big thing because, you know, now he has gotten three gigs with professional sports teams. He's the voice of Chicago. He's the voice of Chicago now. And, you know, and you know, as well as I do, we've got to know Tim pretty well. And yeah. he is an absolutely genuinely great person who deserves these opportunities. He's good at what he does. He's very genuine. He's very humble. You know, he's, he's just a, a, just a great guy. And just knowing that we, you know, we know him and we, we see that, you know, he has, has made it this far. And it just, it also kind of gives me hope that eventually someday I'm going to carve my own path to where I want to go at the, the major professional level. You know, I'm still, I'm still young enough now to where, where the opportunity will present itself if that's what god willing that's where i'm supposed to be so and and i also think too like you know you have a guy like justice keen who you and i both know very well yeah you know i i just just a kid like him you know starting early you know has so much potential overachieving for his age and just i'm i'm very interested to see where that carries him in the future you know because the possibilities for him are endless they really are and in just everybody in between everybody that you've spoken to in between you know the the different the different levels of experience the different perspectives i know molly haynes sticks out to me because you know we don't have very many women who do this you know and I and I really wish the door would open more for yep. for that, honestly. Very and true. I I absolutely one hundred percent encourage that. Like I really wish more women would pursue roles in either announcing or sports casting or you know just because. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't get it done because absolutely. of of your gender or or whatever. You know, just talked to Sarah Fuller with Vanderbilt football, who spoke up when apparently the coaching staff didn't even want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, you know, you're, you've done a really good job of having a variety of guests on this, on this podcast. 
you know, from all different levels. You have worked very hard at making sure that this is an accurate representation of people who do this. And so my, I tip my hat to you if I wore one, I don't normally wear hats, but I, I tip my hat to you for all of the hard work. Cause I know that I couldn't do that. I, I'm not that motivated, honestly. And, and I'm not one of those people who is good at putting himself out there like that and, and reaching out to people and Hey, you want to be on this little podcast that I got going on and, and just the success rate that you've had at booking guests and some big name guests like Tim, like Ray Clay, like Sean Pebbles, you know, all guys that we've, you know, been associated with, become acquaintances and friends with. But at the same time, we all know that they're busy, you know, they have busy schedules, but they made time for you because you put yourself out there and, and you know, are like, hey, want to sit down and talk to me for 30 minutes? yeah so so yeah my hat I, I tip my hat to you for, well, for doing such a good job with I, it i thank you a lot for that brett and again just for being such a perfect guest to start it with and just as perfect a guest to end it with and of course um i don't want to leave anybody out so here we go you if you want to skip through this part <laughs> i hope you don't but i definitely want to individually thank everybody um, Tim Sinclair, Sean Pebbles, Rick Smith, Michael Biamani, John Rook, Josh Miller, Molly Haynes, Matt Noble, Jeff Smith, Justice Keen, Mike Jansen, Tom Calhoun, Kevin Flink, Jeff Fritzen, we're halfway there, Greg Sims, Nick Duranic, Paul Herzog, Colin Cosell, Ryan Burgess, all those that participated in the mega episode, um, Alan Roach, Chuck Morgan, Randy Thomas, Paul Olden, Susan Bennett, Jeremy Whittem, Andrew Bellison, Ray Clay, Jared Ronsky, and beginning and ending the Behind the Mic podcast, Brett Myers. Brett, you have any final words, or should we call this an episode? You know what? I, I about to say, there's not much more I can say that hasn't already been said. That was quite the list of, uh, of guests that you've had on this podcast. And like I said, it, it kind of is a really good representation of, of everybody who works in, in the field that we do. Yeah, it certainly is. One more time before we wrap, Facebook, BTM Podcast, Alex, Twitter, BTM Podcast, underscore Alex, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, among others, will have all the episodes still up, even though we are wrapping the podcast with today's episode. And one final time from early June all the way until just before the Christmas holiday, we say so long to Brett Myers. Brett, thank you so much for, like I said, beginning and ending this podcast. Thanks, Alex, for having me. It was fun.